0: What's that? We're, we're live now. We're live? <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. We are for real live, and that makes it interesting every week. Keeps us on our toes. Uh, tonight, it is just me as your host, Doug Tabak, Cannonball Run record holder and founder of Switch Cars and a few other ventures um, with varying degrees of success. So tonight, we had a guest planned who is a ticket attorney. He's gotten me out of a few performance driving awards but uh, he is not feeling well and actually I was pretty darn sick over the weekend as well. This is uh, the second day that I've been able to carry on normal conversations so uh, I'm gonna be hydrating quite a bit and hope to be with you guys as long as possible but uh, we're gonna do a Q&A session tonight and uh, we're going to be talking about cannibal, about cars, Porsches, maybe bourbon, dogs and cats, and whatever else you'd like. If you want to ask questions, you can post in the comment flow wherever you're watching live. If you want to call in and talk to me, you can call 216-294-4124. That is 216-294-4124. And I'm happy to have Mark Spence here he is our wonderful question reader. I don't know what title to give you, but, man, his voice is just so perfect for the show. And uh, his face is really good for the audio podcast, too. Uh, <laughs> hey, so is mine, but whatever. You're married, though. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's right. I don't you need to try. You got one in your life. Oh, somebody commented on uh, a YouTube video recently, the, the one that was on... The one that was on VinWiki, the, the one that people actually watch, uh, about my Lincoln Aviator. And what was his comment? It was... I'll pull it up right here. It was a good one. It was a good one. Wow. Saying you have an ugly face is the first honest thing you said on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's the first honest thing. It's... Uh, whatever. It's It's among the honest things I've said, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think that's probably the funniest criticism that I get on YouTube. I, I recognize that I'm an alienating personality and have sarcasm, dry humor that people don't get. But when people call me a liar, I'm just like, dude, these stories are not embellished. There's video proof of a lot of them. But anyway, we're going to go into the questions, the discussion. Um, Mark, the Jack White question... When you get to it, skip that. That is that reserves a special place in here. I have that on my notes, so
1: just I like cross that, that, that one off. What? I liked that question.
0: I understand. So did I. But we're just we're not going to get there yet. We're going to get there on my Roger time. that. So, yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's fire away. Let's get into questions again. If you want to join us live on air, it's two one six two nine four four one two four. And Ethan Huffnagel will be greeting you. He has a face for the podcast. He's got long, flowing hair that's that's wonderful, but you'll only get to hear his voice. So. He's a very handsome gentleman. He is a very handsome gentleman. All right, Mark, fire away. <laughs> what is my first question? The first
1: question comes from Stephen Books, Brooks, and it's a two-parter. Hi, Doug what are your thoughts on the results of the recently completed auctions in Kissimmee and Scottsdale? Oh gosh, that
0: was last week. That was the state of the car market.
1: And who are the people paying huge money for resto mods?
0: Uh, okay. My thoughts are the numbers were insane. They're more insane. than They've been in a long time. They bring me back to the times of the million dollar Hemis in the two thousands. Um, I've, I've never, I don't want to say I've never seen anything like this, but yeah, the, the numbers are, are pretty crazy, but that's nothing new. The Scottsdale auctions have always been known for crazy alcohol-fueled and TV attention-fueled bidding wars. And then uh, people wake up the next morning and, and roll over in bed and realize what they brought home. Brought that down it's and it's brother, not always a, a pretty sight. And, and to answer the second part of the question, that. The, especially the Hot Rods and the Resto Mods, if you look closely at some of those cars, you have to be really careful what you buy because there's a lot of Bondo Queens, there's a lot of cars built in a hurry for selling at the auctions and they look really good under the lights and they might sound really good because they've got an LS in them, but the wiring is bad and the body's bad and you gotta spend 10 or 20 grand straightening them out when you get them home to get them to where you know you maybe thought they were going to be, so you just got to be really careful when you're buying that stuff there. Uh, but as far as who's paying the crazy money for the resto mods, for good ones, I I totally get and appreciate that market. I would be the guy that would buy a resto mod, Thunderbird, Mercedes SL, Corvette. There's a lot of companies doing it, and they're putting modern drivetrains, modern electronics. They're stretching the chassis. They're making them. Good to drive, livable, reliable, and but with the classic styling. And I think that is just being appreciated by the people who want the nostalgia of that design, but don't want to actually live with how bad the cars were in the 50s and 60s. So I totally understand and appreciate that market. Um, I would love... Um, Me- Mechatronics, I think, is doing... Mechatronic is doing like 560 SL or, yeah, like old SL resto mods that 280 SL. That's what it was, the 280 SL. And they're doing resto mods. And man, I want one of those. Yeah. All
1: right. Fire away. What's the next one? Next question's from Tyler to John. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest temptation while running a godly business?
0: Hmm. Okay. The atheists out there, it would be. We'll just say an ethical business. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, it's to just get lazy, to cheat. It's very difficult to see people who do things slightly below board. And I'm not even going to say like shady. It's just kind of how things are normally done in the car business. We'll call it cutting corners. And they do really, really well. And it's hard to see that uh, and see them be more successful and not understand, uh, I don't know. That's the biggest temptation, I guess. Um, And I guess the second biggest temptation is just jealousy of not being content with where I am. And again, seeing others prosper more or in different ways and not being able to be content with what I've done and where we're at. So that's it. Next one.
1: Uh, The next one comes from Steve Brown at Cannonball GMC. How did you meet Arnie and what made you and him such good driving partners?
0: Yeah. So Ed Bolian introduced me and Arnie. Arnie is my co-pilot for life. I even got him a bumper sticker that says Jesus is my savior, but Doug is my co-pilot. Um. I was hoping he'd get me one in response, but I guess I'm his co-pilot, not vice versa. But uh, yeah, so we met through cannonballing stuff. I guess we actually met on the 2017 C2C run, and then Ed brought us down to Atlanta to film some stories for his um, uh, fledgling at the time channel. And we hit it off. We just liked each other. Um, and I kind of put a bug under his ear that he needed me because I actually needed him a lot more in order to, to break a record. But I made him see that he needed me on his team to do what he wanted to do. And our values aligned, our personalities meshed, um, we both love Jesus and driving fast cars and costumes (laughs) and all that. So, and neither of us take ourselves too seriously. So that, that just became a natural thing.
1: Go for it. The next question is from exotic car guys official. My question was for the pup. Maybe next time. Oh yeah. Uh, I'd love to have my doggy
0: Chester on here, but he might whine. (laughs) Uh, Hey, all right. Sorry. Uh, uh, a live stream viewer. Hey, Doug, what's the process for finding a car with a specific VIN specifically when it's a regular car? I'm assuming you have the VIN. That's a start. Uh, Google is your friend to see if there's any listings on it or past images or anything. Uh, maybe a dealer sold it previously. You can track them down. Uh, If you have a Carfax account or a friend with a Carfax account, you can start there, find out where it was serviced last, where it was registered last, and just follow every lead and see where it takes you. Um, Oh, another good one. Uh, I think you're cool as hell, just don't mess with my cat. Yeah, okay, well, as long as your cat doesn't try to live on my Corvette, (laughs) we're fine. (laughs) I had this discussion. So my shop manager has a few cats and he's worked for me for like six years. And a couple months ago, I finally had to break it to him or the news was broken to him that I don't actually hate cats. I am a dog person. I prefer them, but I do like cats. They're just not as snuggly and friendly and all that. They're so aloof and
1: cats are horrible.
0: I don't know. I, but he was kind of surprised at that. I, I think he thought I was cruel or evil or something for a while. Who are the unsung heroes of cannonball attempts? Oh, gosh. Um, one comes to mind, I think, immediately, and that would be Yummy Deets. He does what he does for the joy of it, He doesn't talk about it. He set a nutty solo record, um, basically followed Sean and Jason and Mark to LA on that golden weekend in April of 2020. So 2754 was his solo record time in a Cadillac ATS. And he also did 3125, I think it was, with Benjamin Preston and with his son in his Honda Odyssey minivan with a cargo attachment that was a fuel cell hanging off the back of his van. He always has a smile on his face. He is always looking to other people's interests in the community He's always giving praise. I've, he's just friggin' awesome. He's a great cannonballer. He's consistent. He's so much fun. He always has a beer in his hand and a smile on his face. And if you don't have a beer in your hand, he'll probably hand you his and go get himself another one. Like, I, I don't know. It's There's many, but he comes immediately to he'll mind. He'll be in his back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> thank you for all you do to support the car culture always a joy to hear you oh. thank you My <laughs> I, I, get so, I get so many insults I don't know what to do with compliments I, I can't have a smart ass response for them <laughs> go Mark
1: the next question is from Mr. Taylor Hall at Taylor Hall 82 on Instagram What are the top three Cannonball cars, 1984 or older?
0: No lies, Doug. Also, what are the secrets to (laughs) being the top three top three Cannonball cars? 84 or older. Okay, I have to give a shout out to Bradley Young too because he asked uh, an iteration of this question. Um, Porsche 928, Mercedes 450 SEL 6.9. Both of those, neither of those have ever won a Cannonball event, but both of them have at least one second-place finish, if not two each. Um, And I think they both make really good current cars to run as well. They were far ahead of their time. They're comfortable and good at cruising at 150 miles an hour. Um, Third one, third one. Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Honestly, I- I'm going to say this. Eh, no, nope, that's not a good one. I got to say a Tomaso Pantera with a full roll cage. <laughs> not because it's the best, but because Mike DeJonas, rest in peace, won the 82 US Express with that car. That was the definition. So the 928 and the 450 SL are like the perfect, you know, predictable, reliable cars to do it in somewhat under the radar. And the Pantera is exactly the opposite. It's loud, it's uncomfortable, it's brash, it's it's out there and they put their foot to the floor. I think they got 12 speeding tickets on their run and they still won the dang run because they just drove so fast so it kind of it defeated all the odds it would be the modern equivalent of taking a Lamborghini Aventador and trying to do a cannonball it's it's a terrible idea but they just put their foot to the floor so those are my three also, what are your secrets to being the
1: second best at kart racing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, Taylor. I, I'll, I'll, uh, why don't you come up to the, the Backyard 400 and you can find out what it's like to be the second best. <laughs> Boom. I was hoping for like, oh, I need a, a sound, a sound effect. There you go. Is that Thank
1: good you. enough? The next question comes from Henry Nicholas Collins.
0: Okay. How has COVID affected the dog market in Ohio? You know, kind of the same way affected the car market. We actually got our dog right at the beginning of COVID. It wasn't because we were lonely. It was because we had to put our other dog down the February before COVID. So we thought the dog market would be like it was in 2009, where people in Beverly Hills were leaving their their cursed dogs everywhere, just abandoning them because they couldn't afford to take care of them. And it was awful. And I found out shortly that the, the kennels or whatever, the adoption places were all empty. Like there's huge demand for adopting animals because everybody was at home and they wanted pets. And it, it was, I was wrong about that and about the car market where I, even wrote an email to my clients and said, "Hey, this is what we should prepare for based on what we saw in 2009," and it went completely the opposite way. So, dog market parallels the car market. For the
1: next question from J Higgs 03, what city area has
0: the coolest car culture? Wow. I'm sorry. That's a first sip of alcohol I've had in a week and I wasn't ready for that. Holy cow. That might do me in. Can you can I have the question again? <laughs> <laughs> After I crossed it out. Mm-hmm. This
1: question is from Jay Higgs zero three. What city slash area has
0: the coolest car culture? That is a really good question because I haven't been to them all. Um, Cleveland has a surprisingly rich car culture. Um. Atlanta has a surprise, not a surprisingly has a big car culture. But if you go to caffeine and octane, it's there's, I don't know, it's it's quantity over quality. Uh, Maine definitely has very little, if no car culture at all. That is a that is an interesting place. Um, Boston, I'm gonna say Boston. Just because I grew up there, there's a ton of, well, money up there, sure. It takes money somewhat to have a good car culture. That doesn't make it. But um the car shows that happened up there, there's people with incredible taste and incredible collections, and they bring their cars out. Like, I went to the early equivalent of a Cars and Coffee type thing, a little bit more organized in... um in the early 2000s. And like I saw a McLaren F1 there, I saw a Ferrari Enzo, I saw all these crazy imported Lotuses and Aston Martins that weren't supposed to be in the US. And that was a really, really cool car culture. And I'm sure people will fight me on that. I know like uh, Seattle has a really good car culture and um, I know Denver has a really rich car culture. A lot of cool cars out there and a lot of guys really involved. Um, Naples has a really active Porsche group so there's some some really good places but Boston was the one that I had the best experience with
1: The next question is from Bianco 013 I have a 996 turbo that most likely needs a gearbox refresh. Do I swap in a refurbished or send it out and get it modified?
0: Uh I'm a huge fan of. I guess my saying is stock is boring, so if something breaks, I upgrade it. So I would send it out and build it better. Build build back better. Is that is that the bill, <laughs> the Biden bill? Build back better. B-b-b-b. Okay, next one. I'm gonna butcher this one. This is from Mark
1: Sapinski. Okay, Sapinski. Which cheap Porsche is the best cheap Porsche? The 924. uh, Porsche.
0: uh, Come on. Try again, Mark. Which cheap
1: Porsche is the best cheap Porsche to buy? The 924, 944, (laughs) or 928?
0: A 968 owner is staring at me (laughs) threateningly. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, yeah. Like that. Do I have to pick one of the three? Because if I pick one of the three, I'm going to pick 944, but I'm going to pick an S2. A 968 is not a cheap Porsche anymore. Well, it never was. It's expensive to maintain, even more so than a 944. A 924, just no power, no fun. Um, so I would pick a 944 S2, but really I'd pick the 968, which you didn't ask about. Uh, time to go to a Commercial. How about BoxCast?
1: BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio. They serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your own cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations. Boxcast is so easy, we're broadcasting this show with a phone. Head over to switchcars/boxcast
0: for your free trial. switchcars.com/boxcast. Thank you. All right, if you'd like to join us, you can call 216-294-4124. Call in live with your question and post it in the uh, comment flow. We're getting a lot coming in here through the comments. I love this one. I had a good wholesale customer ask me about replacing some IMS bearings on a 2007 911 C4S and a 2012 Carrera S. From my research, it doesn't seem as important as the older 996 models. Is that accurate? Uh, Yes and no. The, The person asking you the question is too smart for their own good. Um, on an 074s that would be the m97 engine and that is a sealed bearing you cannot replace the bearing as preventive maintenance well you can but you have to essentially disassemble the engine you can do a direct oil feed upgrade which essentially sprays oil onto the bearing which is what the metzger engines have that's not why the Metzger engines don't fail. It's a completely different design on those, but they also are lubricated constantly with oil, so the the direct oil feed is seen as a pretty good preventive fix. But you cannot just replace it on a on an M ninety seven engine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's it, it's still important. Like they do fail, but yeah, you can't do it. A two thousand twelve Carrera S season idiot. That's that's not a thing on the nine A one motor. So. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's loud.
1: Boom. The next question is from Chef Brett Stevens. What are your thoughts on using a modern 911 for ac to C2C run? I've had dreams of having a fuel cell built for the frunk and seeing
0: what's possible. Uh, you don't have to have a fuel cell built. Porsche makes a racing cell that will fit in the front trunk. Um, I like the idea of a modern 911. I actually used one in the Southern Classic or the Bandit Run last year, and we set the fastest time ever. We were, of course, ineligible, but um, we did it with a stock fuel tank, uh, myself and Dave Black. I think 911s are amazing over-the-road cars, and they've never fared too well in cannonballs, but nobody's really tried to do a modern one with the nine eleven. So I, I think it's a great idea. So yeah, go for it. The next question is from
1: Mason Dibley. How was sleeping in your insight, assuming you did on the musketball?
0: Ooh. Uh to give context to that, Arnie Toman and I had a TDI swapped Honda Insight with a six speed manual that we ran in the musketball. The musketball was a cross country race that was limited to a hundred horsepower from the the brainchild of John Ficarra. Ficarra um how was sleeping in the insight um honestly it it was kind of difficult to maintain my lane while I was sleeping um so it wasn't it wasn't that great um yeah i did not get any sleep in the passenger seat but i was it's the first run i've ever done that i really was having trouble um i think it was about colorado i took over and i just i could not stay awake i could not I, I was hallucinating it was just bad like i drove for like 30 minutes and had to have arnie take over again um so yeah that it was that was weird so that was yeah don't don't
1: sleep in the driver's seat on a cannonball the next question is from mr christopher michaels I know that if guy. adolescent you can meet current you, what part of being a trans con hero would adolescent you think is the coolest?
0: Um, some may find this hard to believe, but adolescent Doug had an even bigger ego than adult Doug. So adolescent Doug probably would have met me and thought, well, I'm a better driver than you. I'm going to do it faster. I would have not thought I was cool at all because I would have thought I was cooler. Yeah. A couple more from the live stream. Uh, During the Cannonball, were you able to avoid urban areas? If not, what kind of speed were y'all able to maintain? Uh, We drove through a number of cities. We took the northern route to avoid a lot of cities that's why arnie and i like that route a lot of them we went through in the middle of the night um there's always some traffic through them uh denver we hit early in the morning las vegas was annoying because that was uh, all of nevada was annoying so we were not able to carry good speeds through those cities um So, But, yeah, we we avoided most of the cities and were able to keep up really good speeds through urban areas. Holy cow, they're coming in fast and furious here. Um, Did you do anything to mentally prepare for your cannonball runs? Uh, Sort of. It's more psychological preparation. In Brock Yates' book, there's somebody, one of the drivers who's quoted as saying, like, the way to find out if you should do cannonball or not is to, sorry about that, Windows updates, is to sit in a car for 30 hours and do nothing and see if you can stay awake. And I think that's the dumbest thing ever because I'll fall asleep in half an hour just sitting in a car doing nothing. Like, you're not attending to anything. Your brain isn't going. Your your brain activity is actually what keeps you awake. So, for me, it was getting good rest Uh, The week before, um, often I would change my diet somewhat, uh, drink less, try to get my digestion under control, um, relax as much as possible. Although before Cannonball, that's hard because typically you're stressing over a last minute build and things like that. So, um, yeah, a lot of it is just making sure I'm in good overall health. And that affects the mental part of it, and and sleep is a big part of it. Uh, I did try to work out quite a bit as well, just again to have the whole the whole body and mind in in good shape in order to be as as alert as possible. Um, what's the I don't want to sell at price on your one of one carmine red Corvette. Not a buyer, just curious. Well, if you're not a buyer, then <laughs> I'm not a seller. <laughs> Uh, let's put it this way: It's probably worth 25 grand in real money. If somebody offered me 50, it would be a hard no. It would have to be enough money so that I would be able to trade for something that I liked better. And I don't think there's anything under 100 grand that I would get more enjoyment out of. So the money itself is meaningless unless I can replace it with something I like just as much and will have just as much fun with.
1: The next question is from Mr. Jeremy Pate. What's the story of your first Cannonball slash C2C slash 29-4 ETC? 29,
0: first Cannonball. Okay. Uh, my first one was in a 1977 Monte Carlo. The rules were that the car had to be older than 1980 and the initial purchase price had to be less than $3,000 but there was an unlimited budget for improvements. Now I was under the impression that everybody was going to be finding that loophole, and I was the only one. So I LS swapped it and dropped way too much money into this thing, basically making a land barge into a cannonball car, a car that was never supposed to do that, I made it good at that. Um it was intensely stressful. Um, I had a love hate relationship with my builder. I like the guy as a guy, but it was, he was learning and it was a stressful time. Talking about mental preparation, like it was the exact opposite. Um, I think my bald spot is to, bl- or, or that is to blame for my bald spot, all the stress that, that I went through trying to get that car ready uh, because we basically had to reinvent it. The first one, um, we almost didn't make it to the start line the night before I almost called it and just said, I'm going to take my Touareg diesel because we'll set a fast time. We won't be eligible, but who cares? We'll just do it. And we got the car sorted enough to run and we lost a transmission in Indiana. So we had a discussion amongst ourselves. Do we go home? Cause we're close to Ohio and we decided, nope. Cannonball is about finishing against all odds. Like we're here to do this. We're not quitters. So we got an Uber in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night and pro tip, don't do that. Cause you know, you can guess what kind of Uber driver you get at, at that, that time of night in that neighborhood. But, uh, <clears throat> she had stories. Let me tell you what, got to a hotel, rented a car. The next morning, as soon as they were open, it was a Hyundai Accent. It had one accessory port and a, I think it was a 10.6 gallon fuel tank. So we had to like alternate our countermeasures and GPS thing as the batteries died and no truck stop had a splitter. We had to stop for gas every 200 miles but we still, I think we averaged 86 miles an hour from the airport to San Francisco in the Hyundai Accent. So, even with a transmission breakdown, trying to get an Uber, having to spend the night at a hotel, it was like a probably an eight-hour delay. Our overall time was like 44 and change hours, 45-ish. So, you know, not, not terrible. And we beat the other rental car team. So somebody else hit a deer in Illinois about the same time we did and also got a rental car and we pulled in like 10 minutes before they did. So we we're happy to, to win the, the consolation class. The next question is from Brandon Dupler. What
1: advice can you give someone that wants to start their own independent car dealership slash car broker business?
0: Is there more to that question? Oh,
1: yes, there is. Okay. I am in Ohio, Toledo area. So from what I'm seeing, the best advice may be to do it outside of Ohio, dot, dot, dot. Um, I
0: don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, Man, I read this question earlier and I thought through the answer. I had a really, really profound one. And then I hit a lot of bumps and I was lamenting about how bad the roads are in Ohio because of the weather. So I lost it, but... I, it's not so much about where you are. It's about determining, ah, that's what it was. Determining what the need is in your market, right? So a lot of people want to get into the car business just because they want to be in the car business. And I think that's a wrong reason to start any business typically when a a business person lays out a business model they're looking at the market they're looking at what need there is to fill in the market how they can do it assessing the competition is the market saturated is it not so you need to determine if there's a hole somewhere like what value can you bring to the car world in what you're going to do rather than just, I want to make money on cars or I want to flip cars. I mean, that's, that, that's not wrong to go into a business because you want to do that, but you need, if you want to do it as a business rather than a hobby, you have to actually look at the business metrics and find out what problem you're solving for people or what value you can bring to the table. I guess like, you know, enthusiast auto group who does BMWs, they weren't solving a problem, but they, 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 added value to the bmw market by creating a good service department and kind of upping the standard of bmws um and you know we've kind of done that with porsche gt cars in terms of the level of information and history that we provide we've come up with our own inspection that's specific to porsche gt cars and by that Way we're adding value to the Porsche GT market rather than just being somebody who is trying to get in the middle and make a spread on a car because that's not in and of itself adding value. The next question
1: from Charles Burgess When you did your first cannonball, was it better or worse than you expected the trip to be? Was it anything like you expected, or is it (laughs) probably the better question?
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't want to break down, obviously. Um, it was an adventure. We made it. It It's fine. Um, I would have liked my first cannonball to be in a proper car to kind of learn cannonball with air conditioning and comfortable seats, uh, and then go back and do it more for fun with an old car. But that was kind of the way into it. So I didn't. I didn't want to do it with an old car made to work, but it was what it was. So go for it.
1: The next question. I'm going to butcher this name. Eric Z Zyveth. Sure. Eric yeah. Z top cars for doing a run. I'd love to hear about your analysts of what makes a good car for runs. Obviously it's something fast, stable under the radar, et cetera. Just curious what your short list of perfect cars are and
0: why. Always a fun thought exercise. It is. It's one we think about and talk about all the time. Uh, my, I'm going to answer the question I want to answer, not the one you asked. My more fun thought exercise <laughs> is to pick. I, I, okay, so you can you can just go out and you. It's like okay, you pick all the German super sedans. Like that's the recipe. Those are the best cars. Fine, like maybe a 911 Turbo S, something like that. Like, anything twin-turbo, six-cylinder typically is reasonably fuel-efficient and something you can get a crap ton of fuel in, something that isn't ostentatious. Like, that's it. You know, fill in the blanks from there. So, I prefer to pick an era of time and say, like, oh, if the Cannonball was run in 2005, what would I take? If it was run in 1995, what would I take? Because there was no Cannonball after 1983. There's been independent runs in the 2000s but we haven't seen what people would choose in modern day times like okay we look at the gumball and different rallies but people there are just they're you know they're it's an ego competition so it's not an accurate representation of what would be a good cannonball car so i I love to play the game of you know 2005 if a cannonball was run, what would I take? And, you know, 996 Turbo is a good option. Mercedes E55 would probably be my pick, although it's supercharged, so you get crap gas mileage. But it would be the yin to the Alex Roy M5 Yang. So, um, yeah, that's that's my fun, fun game. The next
1: question is from the Mark Spence. Oh, wow. Out of who's yeah, he? That guy. Out of all the cars you've owned, do you have any that you wish you had back
0: or cars you wish you pursued a bit more to purchase? Hmm. I'm not going to answer this question value wise. I I refuse because that's what everybody does now. Oh, I sold that for 20 grand. It's worth 100. I shouldn't have sold it. No, you sold it because you wanted to get rid of it. So screw it. Um, I kind of wish I didn't sell my Toyota Century. That was an amazing car, but I know why I sold it because I. Never used it. The '97 Mercedes SL 500, 40th anniversary that I just sold, I still look at pictures and I like, I want that car back, but I never drove it. So, um, a Diablo SV had a '98 Diablo SV. Technically, it was inventory, but that would have been like a keeper car. Um, okay, I'll say one. As far as values, Acura NSX, I've, I've, that's on my short list of keeper cars. And if I had known they were going to accelerate in value, like they did, I would have kept one for longer. It wouldn't have been a forever car, but I just, I would have kept one of the ones I had for 45 grand at the time and just held on to it longer. Cause it's really hard to justify paying a hundred plus for one of those now.
1: The next question from Jeremiah Johnson: What is the law of dimin- diminishing returns? Fallen cannonball. Is there a defined dollar amount, or does it depend on the that vehicle you are running?
0: It's uh, as soon as you start. That's that's where the diminishing returns start. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's an expensive way to have fun. Uh, Cannonballing is like boating. Just just light money on fire. Don't I I recognize the question, right? So it's like at what point do you like is spending more money not getting you any better or any faster or whatever? I don't know what that number is or or where it falls. I mean you can do a good time in any car. Sean Petter is sitting over here. He did it in his daily driver diesel cannonball Passat. Like, it, go on the C2C Express page and just search through the runs that were done last year Saab, uh, Lexus LS. Uh, I, I don't remember all of them, but somebody did it in a, a rental Volkswagen Beetle. Like, I, rental Chargers, rental Mustangs. You can do it cheap, you can do it expensive. You just got to figure out how much money you're going to spend and then just light it on fire and do it. Like leased Audis
1: and cars and yeah. in parents' inventory, Daddy's like stuff like Audi, that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Chris Allen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to some of the live stream questions. Here we go. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, not in San Antonio. Sorry, Robert. um, Let's see. Dave Collins, a very smoky and hard to start 300 SDL. Would you fix it? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Yes. Mark Spence says yes.
1: <laughs> I love that car. Uh,
0: let's see. Mark De- Tyler Dijon is asking Mark what it's like working with a short guy with a tall personality. Well, I don't work with him. I just ended up being
1: friends with him. <laughs> so that's worse. That's about how that. that's worse. It ends me up in crappy situations, and <laughs> I'm it's, so been, a, it's sorry been a great I'm run. I'm so
0: sorry that you have two cannonball records to your name. It all started friendship. with a Corvette in, in
1: <laughs> Radwood, and look where I'm at now. I'm uh, a voice outside the screen.
0: Stephen Schwartz, will we ever get to see uncut cannonball footage? Uh, sure, if you want to come over and watch 26 hours, <laughs> anytime. Because it was live streamed on Boxcast. Uh, not, I don't think twenty five thirty nine was twenty seven twenty five was. I thought. Yeah, we have we have full video footage from multiple angles of both runs and of the the ultra beige run of thirty three thirty three in the the two thousand eighteen C two C. We have the full run in that. It is not high quality, but it is uh, it is live streamed thanks to our sponsor Boxcast. Um, oh, they won't they won't officially admit to that one. Uh, yeah. Some things are in the works, maybe it's still not gonna be uncut, like it's I mean maybe an hour or something, but um no, we've got it. um just need somebody to do something with it. uh, we need to do a commercial. Can we do uh celebrity machines? Yes, we can.
1: <clears throat> Sloing Machines is a proud sponsor of Switchcast. Celebrity, Mach- Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our co- commemorative 2539 plates from our fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more information. And use promo code SWITCHCAST
0: to save 25.39% at checkout. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Celebrity Machines. <laughs> Again, CelebrityMachines.com. Discount code SWITCHCAST. Thanks. Thank you, Travis, for the sponsorship. <laughs> and also check out the Brickyard for Backyard 400 coming <clears throat> coming in April. I think April 23rd. And that will be live stream as well. Um, let's see. Is there P-Stone? Is there any Hyundai you would consider buying? Velostar and Kona, and they're geared for a young demographic, but they're pretty cheap for what you get. Yeah, I, I mean, Hyundai makes good quality cars. I think the Velostar is a um, pretty good-looking car. Uh, I wouldn't buy it because I don't have a need for that type of car. Uh, I'd probably buy a Genesis, which I know it like isn't a Hyundai, but it is. Um, their Genesis sedan is pretty... Pretty stinking awesome. So if I wanted a hyper luxury, uh, you know, mafia mobile, I think it'd probably be the Genesis. So, um, Tyler, did you have a question? Sure. Why don't we let Tyler, Tyre Tyler ask his question, <laughs> and then I think we should. We're gonna get to the question of the week. Yeah, well, we'll uh, the question of the week is a really good one. So stick around for that. We're gonna do a few more, and yeah, then we're gonna get to a question safe. of the week. That is. Uh, We've got a doozy this week. Uh, Tyler, Mr. 968 owner, has a question for us.
2: Well, that's not all I got. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I want to talk about the other car. So uh, a few years ago,
0: I was- Wait, do you have a, a plate on your 968 that says my other car is a-
2: No, but I should. You should. That would be really good. Is a real Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to do that now, actually. That would be amazing. So about five years ago, I was a a young man who was aspiring Porsche owner, and that was before I bought my 996. And there are a lot of problems, like you and I have talked about, like your three-letter issues Mm -hmm. or maintenance items that everybody always talks about. But at the point, it was still- RMS, PMS, AFL, (laughs) CIO. Yep. Okay. All of those things. So, But back then, you could rationalize, like, this is a, a fun purchase. This is something that if it breaks, it's not the end of the world, Whatever. I don't want to talk about values, but things have increased substantially. Is like what what do you feel about 47 the... <laughs> grand? What? A 30
0: 33,000 mile first gen 996 sold today. I'm bringing a trailer for 47,000.
2: I hate everything.
0: And it was silver black like non aero kit, no oh my God. nothing just vanilla it had full leather, it had full leather. That's a, that's a big oh. deal in 2000, but yeah, 47 grand. That's,
2: that's where we're at right now. And so that's what, kind of why I'm asking the, this question is, how do you feel about like what a good entry-level Porsche is? And I don't want to say cheap Porsche, because a cheap Porsche will be an expensive one at some point. I don't know if the 996 fits into that category anymore, but there's a bunch of people out there who, like myself, like past me, just want to be a Porsche owner because I love the brand. Boxster. And you the, still have the all only the problems, prob- though. <laughs> yes,
0: that is true. For But it becomes a little more swallowable when you have expensive problems on a $15,000 Porsche versus a $5,000 Porsche. It doesn't make the boxer any better. That's true. But the maintenance cost relative
2: to the cost of entry... Yeah,
0: i'm sorry ask me the question again is there an entry good entry level porsche yeah
2: like what is the entry level porsche corvette c5 Uh, i don't like that (laughs) answer either
0: i find myself very funny um yeah it's just everything has moved up the answer is the same as it was it's just the values of everything have inflated that's why they call it inflation um Mm -hmm a lot of those things you can do upgrades you can do preventive maintenance and kind of fix the problems in advance
2: but yeah you know it's I used to say that I wish I was buying Porsches five years before I was when you could get like a 964 for 15 grand but now I'm kind of glad that I bought the 996 when I did right but you are that guy yeah I'm nine six and
0: 968 before they went crazy
2: I just have uglier headlights that's all
0: (laughs) that's true uh p stone what's the budget for this show is that a plastic chair uh low budget <laughs> that's why we're using an iphone um no this is actually a like really nice nailhead spence. leather and about, legit wood chair. chair oh frick Spe- yeah we spence <laughs> don't spence is an afterthought adam ballantime standards Uh, Mark Spence. Oh, this. I don't know if this is a question or an insult. Have you ever considered picking up hobbies other than cannonballing, i.e., playing the piano? (laughs) (laughs) Don't answer that. (laughs) Oh, I do karaoke on the weekends. So, uh, Elon Musk is suspicious 43. First time trying to finance an expensive expensive car 997.2 RS. Good choice. Any inside baseball advice from a dealer's perspective? 200K income, mid 700s credit score, but no history of expensive car financing. Great. Yeah. You want to hear my advice? I like Dave Ramsey. Pay cash for toys. Yeah. Don't finance it. Buy cash. If you don't have 200K cash, then buy a $50,000 car or an $80,000 car, whatever you can buy and work your way up. Low stress, no risk. Do it. So I do it.
1: This is another question from Christopher Michaels. Money, no object, what car and currently available mods would you choose for the ultimate cannonball car?
0: Oh, let's see. Um, I think the Mercedes E63 is the best car on the planet for cannonballing. Uh, Money, no object. I'd probably, let's see, modifications I would do would be, um, I would form a special interest group and lobby the government for another pandemic to shut down the roads. I would bribe all of the state highway patrol and County sheriffs across the country. Uh, and I would probably get, I don't know, three or 400 identical cars built to run with me. So nobody would know which one was which money, no object. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but uh, in a serious note, I'm not answering that question because I know the answer, and I'm not giving somebody else with a bunch of money <laughs> and no plan my plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's an answer, but yeah. Uh oh boy, Mark, you're getting lit in the comments. What <laughs> Can kind we say I'm a popular guy? Can we find Mark Spence's beard, please? I don't like Smooth Mark. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is Smooth Mark like, I feel like there's <laughs> multiple Smooth Marks. There's Smooth Mark at the bar, like he's got smooth game with the ladies. There's Smooth Mark, which we have now. He's got a smooth voice for the podcast.
2: Someone, someone just dropped hashtag
1: Smooth
0: Mark. In the- <laughs> hashtag Smooth Mark, that's, that's, that's a new thing. It's me not That's having my thing. beard. I shaved it. Brian Donahue. Uh-oh. Hey, that was my car, Doug. The 33,000-mile example. Watch your mouth. Eep. Congratulations on the sale. I said it was vanilla. I didn't say it was bad. I just said it was vanilla. You know I don't like silver cars. Um, yes, <laughs> Travis, Bell, cannibal on one. Travis Bell wants more information. about. Yeah, because they're <laughs> ubiquitous. That's exactly why we did it. More information about Mark's Asian piano teacher. <laughs> All right, real question. A couple more, and then we're doing question of the week.
1: That's a whole different scenario. That's why me and Rob Pitts are not allowed in the same area code.
0: You ready? You could never be in the state of Maine together because they have one area code. Oh, gosh. The next question from Rob
1: Spector. With interstate driving, how often do you get to save from RD or laser diffusers that Waze, Highway Radar, et cetera, don't catch. Similarly, how often do gyro binoculars produce a save that RD diffusers
0: miss? Uh, I wish I had a chart for this because I have actually kept track on just like random drives to Maine and stuff. Um, on It's not just saves, but false alerts to kind of gauge the ratio. But I've never put it in scientific format in an Excel spreadsheet to say, like, here's the rating of each. But I've kept mental notes. Uh, binoculars and a keyword good spotter with the binoculars are far and away the number one most reliable best countermeasure. Um, you're essentially never going to have falses with that. You may not have as much advance warning as highway radar, radar detectors, things like that. But uh, Waze, you get a lot of falses, even like one ways to another. We typically run three Wazes. Uh You won't get the same reports on each one, which is why highway radar is better because it aggregates the reports. Um, highway radar is far more reliable, but still relying on Waze. So it's probably about a... 50%, 60%, 60% real versus false reports. Radar detectors, if you have them set properly, you're rarely going to get any false reports. Um, but again, like how many guys are using instant on? Some states, they're completely worthless. So even that data in terms of which countermeasure gives you the most reports or the most saves versus falses depends on the state. So you could literally break it down by state and say, okay, this state radar detector, you know, Ohio radar detector, completely useless. You need binoculars and a laser diffuser period. Well, uh, I should say ways, ways are highway radar also, because typically the cops are sitting in the median. Um, you know, you go to Pennsylvania and it's radar detectors and um, highway radar Uh, They don't use laser, and they're typically in the woods. Um, New York, radar detectors. That's all you need. (laughs) And laser diffusers because they shoot laser occasionally. So state by state, it differs. Um, The best thing to do is to use your countermeasures and get to know them. That's, That's always the most useful tool is the one that you're familiar with. The next question is from Shane Donahue. How
1: many times have you, have you urinated while operating a vehicle at triple-digit speeds? Uh,
0: never. I typically slow down to about sixty because it's very hard to do to drive fast <laughs> and piss in a bottle at the same time.
1: The next question is from Brad Carran. What do you think about what do you think of my rally idea, Marden's Rally? Marden's? Martin. Yes. Teams started at a central location in Maine. They then travel to all 14 Martins, obtaining a rec- receipt from each location. The drivers can then go to the store in any order to help strategize with stores being open and driving the large distance between northern and southern locations.
0: That, that kind of just sounds like my family's Christmas shopping. That's... Uh, Martins, for those who don't. No, is a store. It's a department store in Maine. Their uh, famous tagline is "Should have bought it when I saw it at Martens." Anyway, it's it's an awesome store. Um, Yep. Next question.
1: <laughs> this is from Sean Mason. <laughs> Would a plane provide a solid advantage today? Mm. Say two thousand six.
0: Maybe I I think that's where you're reaching the talking earlier about the law of diminished returns. It could provide an advantage, but at an insane cost. So, um, yeah, we've got two records without planes. So, you tell me.
1: <laughs> the next question, from Josh Leary, if you were to redo Ultra beige, what would you do differently? I'd do a nine twenty eight.
0: Next question.
1: This is from Jeremiah Johnson. Should I really spend $2,000 on AL priority? Uh,
0: probably. Going back to what I was saying about countermeasures is you have to know where you're driving and whether or not it's worth it. In Ohio, it's an absolute must-have. New York, you probably should have it. Massachusetts, probably should have it. Um. <sighs> some of the Western states just use instant on radar. So you got to know where you're going and what they use, but it's the best laser system out there. So if you're going to use it, yes, get ALP. This
1: one kind of hits hard to me from James CVB Lewis. I know you didn't do the long haul run, but what would you do if you wanted to break the New York to LA and back to New York record? Uh, I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> I do not. I don't. I have no interest in that. Uh, unless I could do it in a motorhome with showers and like eight people, I I get to L.A. and I am done. I am done. Um, I I know who this is, so I'm watching him. Yeah, all right, I do too. Um, this hits hard. Why is it hit hard? I don't is he know. He planning one? Does. There's a few people planning them.
1: I know. So am I. So I.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think that record's going to fall this year. Um, I love you, Chris. I think it's going to fall this year. I Let's get to the question of the week. The question of the week is brought to you by Switch Cars, and more specifically, their merchandise store. Mikey Dwine here. Oh, now I asked our bag, is displaying our Keep Your Woman But Switch Cars shirt. You can get on shopswitchcars.com. Enter code SwitchCars. Enter discount code SWITCHCAST for 10% off. So the question of the week, uh, the person who asked it will get a free shirt of their choice from the store. The question of the week is from... Who is it from? I'm losing my notes here. From Jack White. Who would win in a fight? (laughs) You or Ed Bolian? Ed clearly has the reach, but you seem to be in better shape. <laughs> but Ed's three people. Uh, well, I'm not going to answer this in my own words. I'm, I'm going to use other people's <laughs> words. Uh, an Australian magazine described Ed as gangly, goofy-looking. Think Dom Toretto without the muscles. So that's my competition, whereas some unsolicited fan mail talked, described me, let's see, we'll read some of this. You have a really nice body, bro. I'm not some superficial Uh, D-bag. Can't really explain what provoked me to send you this message. It took some courage to do it. Uh, I saw you in a video. Did I mention that you have a nice body? Seriously, those arms. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. As strange as this message may seem to you, I'm completely same. sane. Sane. Mm. So anyway, I think that answers who would win in a fight. <laughs> There's more to that, but I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Uh, this question of the week is brought to you by Switch Cars Again, <laughs> enter discount code SWITCHCAST to get 10% off your t-shirt. And if you order a size down, you can display your arms <laughs> for the whole world <laughs> as well. Because our t-shirts are nicely fitted. <laughs> I think we even have extra medium on our site. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna do the, uh, do the um, Rico Uncle Rico. It only works. If... Look at my, look at my biceps.
1: <laughs> there is an RV parked out back. All right,
0: <laughs> next question.
1: Oh, uh, the next question is from Dan Hammond. This is uh, I have a tuned A8 L TDI. Approximately three hundred forty horsepower five hundred foot pounds of torque sixty five gallon external fuel cells with an approximate twenty two hundred mile range assuming twenty five uh ish miles per gallon good fortune on the side Big of the assumption. team that does does it what's your guess
0: uh, thirty hours yeah in current situation i mean again it depends on the team and their experience like sean did twenty eight and a half in his two hundred horsepower one seventy horsepower t d i on the golden unit. um right so there's there's i i'm against the asterisk, but we have to acknowledge that there is an advantage uh during that time uh or handicap we will say um but then, um, the team in the the A4 wagon diesel loaded with fuel, they did it in just under 31 hours. So I don't know. Maybe Sean's a better cannonballer. Maybe their car was heavier. Maybe COVID helped. You know, there's so many variables at play there. But i I'd, I'd probably say 30 hours. But it depends how fast you want to drive. Go. The next one's from Sean Robinson.
1: Mm-hmm. Opinion on a metaverse cannonball. Uh, what is that? What's the metaverse?
0: Man, I think you have to do it in an EV. Oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know. And that's, piloted? That's not fun. would it be piloted by Beanie
1: Babies? When would you get the rest? What? While it charges? A
0: metaverse cannonball? Yeah, you get the rest the I of think it it's charges. like virtual. Oh. NFT. Yeah. I don't know. You pay for your gas and Bitcoin. I do
1: Well, what's that game? The Crew from a couple of years Not ago? Even... You can drive from New York to LA in like two hours in that game. Give me a real question. Come on. The next one is from Jake Liger or Legler whatever it is. What are the most and least useful countermeasures in your experiences?
0: Uh, binoculars, most. Uh, CB, as much as I hate. To admit it is the current least useful. Uh, no, Escort Live is the least useful (laughs) thing. It's such a joke. Yeah, such a joke. All right, next.
1: This one's from Bradley Young. I know. What American car would you be would you first pick to Cannibal? Japanese or Korean?
0: Uh, American. I probably pick a Chevy SS japanese oh man a toyota Century with a v12 would be so comfortable i don't think it's fast enough but man that you'd would fall be asleep it. driving it well and it was right hand drive so i've always wanted to do it in a century because they have like the the pass-through thing so the back seat passenger can can put their legs out so the spotter could literally sit on the left side and just like recline have massage seats and sit there with the binoculars in perfect comfort with an unobstructed view because the driver's on the right. I would literally fall asleep doing that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've always i I wish I had had an event that the Toyota Century would have been good for before I sold it. So I'd take pick a Century Korean. I don't. I guess a, a Genesis for the same reason, and I think they make decent power. The the five zero Genesis spec cars,
1: the early ones are amazing cars. There you go. That. Nobody would know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and they Even came if in it was silver. standing still. <laughs> is that a Hyundai? The next question is from Ken Lin. What's a better mark, youth mark. group band, DC Talk or Newsboys?
0: uh DC Talk, all day long. What <gasps> like those well, punk people bands? say if they hear that I'm Jesus Freak.
1: I totally thought those were both punk bands from the DC area. (laughs) 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 Like they'd open for Fugazi or something like that. (laughs) They were around at the same time. Yeah. Fugazi is still a band. Okay, here's another one from Mason Dibley.
0: Next to the mic, Mark. Next to the mic. Come on. Sorry.
1: Here's another one from, from Mason Dibley. What is <laughs> so the air- he
0: goes the other side of the <laughs> mic, straight into it, straight into it. What is
1: the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Un, un what?
0: Uh,
1: unladen swallow. Uh, sorry, African or read. European? It doesn't say. Oh. It's probably European because he's not African.
0: I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> you you just went over the cliff. <laughs> And you don't even know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next, Matthew Leyland, what would it take for you to do a cannonball with
0: Fred? <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> oh, good old Fred Ashmore. Um, I don't know. I really got to re-read re- these before I say it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that would be helpful, at
0: least for pronunciation. Uh.
1: What's that? Fred Flintstone.
0: Fred Flintstone. Yeah, I I don't know. There's I, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, but I, I think um the odds I guess I'd like to see which would happen first. Fred doing a podcast coming here for a podcast or me doing a cannonball with Fred. I, I would have Fred on as on the podcast. I I don't know if I don't know if I could do a cannonball with him though. So next and question. The next
1: questions from Jordan Long. What's your favorite automotive shenanigans story memory?
0: Um, you probably got a million of them. My. My favorite memory, I do have a lot of good ones. I think my favorite memory, other than the Crown Vic shenanigans of high school, because those were just unrepeatable, uh, Gulf Shores. So the Cannonballer group in February of 2020, one of the Cannonballers had a condo in Gulf Shores, Alabama, rented like eight more for the rest of us. And it was a pure time in Cannonballing. It was after Arnie and I set the record. It was before... Cannonball got, I guess, diluted, but also kind of put on the map by COVID. Um, The weather was terrible, which made it fun for me. It was the off season. We all went to this car dealership that was high-end cars that were in terrible condition and priced like double that of retail. Um, Had a challenge to see if any of us could test drive them because they had a no test drive policy. And I finagle my way into test driving a Jaguar. Then we went to the go-kart place and it started raining and Ed and I had to shrewdly negotiate the kids to let us do one more race. And we all like, it was a huge pile up of almost, I mean, it was like 20 go-karts just with a massive pile up. Cause we all lost traction. We had lobster brought by Fred. We had Southern country low boil or whatever. We were on the ocean. It was just, there were so many automotive shenanigans. It was the best time ever. And, you know, it was just kind of the last hurrah of pure cannonball before COVID, before the drama, before all of that. And, and it's the best memory I have. If I could go back to that time, I would. Ethan is signaling me that I have a question here. Um, If Stig did a can rice farmer, if Stig did a cannonball run, what time do you think Stig would do? Which uh, Stig. Which Stig, yeah. The Mexican Stig already did a cannonball. The Stig. I uh I don't know. If Stig did it, he wouldn't have any proof. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a legend, just like the Stig. Uh he'd do it in reverse. <laughs> And he wouldn't need any fuel. He'd just hook up an IV from his veins to the gas tank.
1: That is hard. I don't know. Um
0: Yes. Edward go to, uh, all right. Next one, Mark. I'm out of I'm out of papers. You're out of papers? You don't have a that was that was the last one? I went through three. Okay. Cool. Well, that's fine because it's 9.15 and I was hoping to go for half an hour tonight. So that's great. Uh, We're just going to go to the props and flops of the week. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. Prop of the week. This past weekend, while I was at home dying on my couch, a bunch of scofflaws went down to Atlanta and then to Texarkana. And then back to Atlanta because Atlanta needed Coors. And there was over 20 cars running in this race to get Coors in this event called the Southern Classic put on by Taylor Hall. One of the best modern event organizers out there. And two brothers came home with a win in a Ferrari 308, which I think is just a perfect fitting car for that event. Ferrari 308 won the 1983 U.S. Express, so congratulations to them. 14.45, I think, was their time. 14 hours, 45 minutes from uh, Lakewood Amphitheater out to Texarkana and back with a six-pack of Coors. Uh, Arnie and Bradley got my vote. Arnie Toman and Bradley Young got my vote for the most authentic run. Arnie had a Survivor 1978 Trans Am Bandit edition that he got from his neighbor. Uh, I think his neighbor bought it when Arnie was like two or three. So he'd known the car his whole life, resurrected it and brought it down and finished the bandit run in a time of 15 hours and one minutes, which is amazing for a bone stock Trans Am. I'm actually amazed it didn't blow up cause they were, they were beaten on that thing. Um, it had mechanical sympathy on them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, and a Porsche 911 continued the tradition of winning the outlaw or the ineligible class. So, congrats to them. Uh, so that that's my prop of the week is just for for all the participants and competitors, and and of course Taylor for putting that on. Flop of the week. Oh boy, um, there's been some drama in the Cannonball community. Fred Ashmore's claimed solo run after much drama and a uh, investigation has been. Uh, I guess, factually or evidentially uh, debunked. His evidence was found to be uh, manipulated, we'll say. He had no actual witnesses, and he sent his witnesses the same, um, we'll say, photoshopped, quote-unquote, evidence. His response to that is more floppage. He said, it's a grand conspiracy. I'm paraphrasing. It's a grand conspiracy because Ed Bolian can't make enough money off of Fred's videos. Uh, that doesn't really hold water, but anyway. Um, this is a very sad day in Cannonball history. Obviously, nobody likes to find out that they've been had, especially by somebody they respected, and my, I include myself in that, um, but the truth of it is, there's no proof that he did it, and the proof that he put forth serves to prove that it didn't happen, so... Anyway, uh, however, while Fred didn't do his solo transcontinental drive at incredible speeds, we did find in our investigation via court records that he was arrested last year in Oklahoma for speeding. And to date, this serves as the only concrete evidence we have so far of Mr. Ashmore driving fast. <laughs> but um, where's my thing?
1: Where's the drum set at?
0: Ah, it's off to the side. Anyway, that wraps up our episode thank you for being with us thank you to Mark Spence for narrating and uh, asking Why, questions thank you. for me I love your voice there uh, <clears throat> glad someone does yes I do thank you to our sponsors GT Vault Boxcast Switch Cars Celebrity Machines The Backyard 400 and thank you to Stephen Holm Woodworking for providing this amazing table thank you to our producer and call screener Ethan Huffnagel our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on SoundCloud or Spotify. And uh, this episode will be available Friday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday with a new guest at 8 p.m. And we we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive.